This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Matthew has shared a ton of stuff about Jesus trying to convince his Jewish audience. That was his primary audience was was the Jews back in his day. He's trying to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that the, the, the prophet spoke about. He is the one that they have been looking for as their deliverer for hundreds of years. And his writings, Matthew's writings, have been preserved 2,000 years later so that you and I, we could know about Jesus and we can make our own decision that we want to follow him or not, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, that he is the anointed one or not. And that's the whole reason why I do this podcast, to give people the opportunity to know Jesus and to make a decision for themselves. And thank you for listening or watching, by the way. Um, but Matthew has given Jesus's teachings. He has shown Jesus's authority. Um, he's provided miracle after miracle. And these miracles have convinced 12 men to give up their lives, to give up their, their way of life, to give up their jobs, to give up their careers, to leave their families to follow this one that claims to be the Messiah. Matthew has shown how the religious leaders have sparred, if you will, with the very one that taught about, that they taught about, and that they claimed to serve. And this is exactly what we're going back into in Matthew chapter 15, this sparring between Jesus and the Pharisees. Some Pharisees and some teachers of the law arrive uh, to where Jesus is at, down around Capernaum somewhere, um, and they have come from Jerusalem and they want to see Jesus. Why? Why do they want to see Jesus? Are, you know, are they curious? Have they heard enough? Have they seen enough to maybe want to get to know Jesus more? Are they becoming interested in the kingdom of God, which was John the baptizer's message, the kingdom of, of God is near, and Jesus' message is the kingdom of God is at hand? Are they interested in becoming a part of the kingdom of God? No, absolutely not. Not at all. Because uh, they already think they're a part of the kingdom of God. And they think Jesus, who is God himself, God in the flesh, they think this guy's the devil. They think he is a crazy lunatic. And they want to pick a fight with Jesus and his disciples. Because they, their whole purpose, their whole main goal is to disprove this claim that Jesus is the Messiah. And they're, they're relentless. I mean, no matter what happens no matter how jesus continues to put them in their place and and and, and show them up uh they're rel- they will not give up uh and 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 we're going to see this again that jesus is as kind as he can be to these people and he this time there's going to be a crowd around and jesus is going to call the crowd in so that he knows that they can hear what he is saying about these Pharisees, and we'll see at the end that the the disciples like, dude, you you upset the Pharisees with with what you just said. And and Jesus says, ah, 
we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the reason why these Pharisees and these religious leaders, these the, the teachers of the law that came to Jerusalem to see Jesus, it's given at the end of chapter 14. Jesus had just fed this ginormous crowd, right? The number of men was 5,000, but then there's women and children on top of that number of men. So there's probably roughly 10 to 15,000 people in this crowd that Jesus just feeds with two fish and five loaves of bread. And then we learned that after that, after he sent the crowds home, he sends the disciples out into the sea. The storm comes about and they're out there rowing. They've rowed for about three or four miles. It's three o'clock in the morning and Jesus comes walking on top of the water with this 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 uh, tenuous wind and, and these waves that are just crashing all over the boat and Jesus is walking just nonchalant on the water and then he gets in the boat and the the, the winds calm down and the waves the sea is just as smooth as silk um, and so uh, at this point there's probably not very much or if anything that's going to deter his 12 disciples uh, that uh, there's nothing going to deter them from believing that he is who he says that he is because they have claimed that he is the Son of God. And so Matthew says at the end of 14, after they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. And they begged him, to let the sick touch at least just the fringe of his robe. And all, every one of them, all who touched him were healed. And so what is going on here is the Pharisees, they're getting fed up with Jesus. That's the, that's, that's the bottom line. They're, they're losing ground with the people because more and more people are seeking Jesus instead of seeking the Pharisees. They're, they're losing their power or at least the power that they think they have. And you don't mess with people's power without consequences. Now think about it. These Pharisees are hanging around Jerusalem. People are traveling to Jerusalem from all around the region. People who have been part of the crowds that have brought sick people and demon-possessed people to Jesus for healing and for the demons to be cast out. They, they have witnessed with their own eyes these miracles. They have heard with their own ears the teachings of Jesus. And they're traveling up to Jerusalem for whatever reason, and the talk of the town is Jesus. So these Pharisees, they're hearing about what's going on. And I'm sure they have gotten wind of Jesus feeding this humongous crowd with just two fish and five loaves of bread. And I'm sure they're getting wind of uh, Jairus' daughter who has been raised from the dead. And, and, and so they've got to put an end to this guy. They've got to disprove that he is the Messiah. And, and, or else, you know, their, their hypocrisy is going to be exposed more than it already has. And so uh, they're going to go to Jesus and they're going to challenge him yet again because they've already done this several times and Jesus has put them in their place. Um, but this time they're not going to challenge Jesus with God's law. They're going to challenge Jesus with their traditions, which, uh, unfortunately for the Pharisees, they held their, uh, because what they would do is they, they would take God's law and then they would, uh, interpret God's law 
the way they thought it should be interpreted, and they would make this traditions. And so they held their traditions as if their traditions were equal with God's law, or some even thought that their traditions were greater than than God's law. And so they're going to they're going to come to Jesus and they're going to challenge him on why uh, he and his disciples do not uh, hold to the traditions uh, of the Pharisees. And so they find Jesus and they ask him this question. This, this is, this is going to blow your mind. They ask Jesus, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? And, and they're going to give us the tradition that the disciples uh, disobey in their eyes. And they say, for they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. (laughs) Come on. This is all you got. This is it. You traveled all this way. You you found Jesus who raises the dead, who heals the blind, who, who heals the deaf, the mute speak because of the miracle that he performed. The lame walk. Demons are cast out. This guy controls nature. He can speak to the winds and to the waves, and they immediately calm down. And you're gonna, you're gonna come at him with, why does he not wash his hands? Come on, man. Come on. But you know what? Before I'm too hard on the Pharisees, think about this. We see this all the time in churches today. Yeah, just let somebody sit in in your family seat that they've been sitting in for 20, 30 years, 40 years, for a long time. It, it just, I, I mean, I, I know of families who, uh, this is my seat, you're sitting in my seat, can you please move to, to another part? You can go sit in that seat over there because this is where we've always sit and the visitors just lead the church building and I, and I don't blame them. Um, let somebody walk in the door of, of, of your church that dresses different, that talks different, and, and just watch people and see how they act. Um, when uh, I used to preach in a, a non-instrumental Church of Christ church, which is strange because uh, I was raised Southern Baptist. I started playing drums in a, a Assembly of God, which is a Pentecostal church. And, uh, um, and then I started playing uh, guitar in uh, independent uh, Christian churches. And uh, so, you know, I've been around the block a little bit. Um, But non-instrumental churches of Christ are, I mean, that's what they are. They're they're non-instrumental. They they do not use any instruments in their worship services. And I was preaching at this church in a little mountain town in North Carolina. uh, And there were very few, I mean, just a handful of of black people in this this town. Uh, And they certainly didn't come to our little church. Uh, so our congregation was was all white, and one Sunday this this uh, black gentleman comes in to a service, and he sits down, and uh, I'm all excited, you know, because hey, you know, we've got a visitor, and I don't care what color he is, I'm just excited that that we have a visitor because the church was like 20 people, and so and, and we didn't have a whole lot of visitors until I started a skateboard ministry, and we started having a lot of visitors. Uh, but at this point, we we didn't have a whole lot of visitors coming in, and and uh, not only was it a visitor, but it it, it was it was a a black guy, and uh, I just wanted to just to see how the people 
were going to react. And, 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 and to their credit, they did very well. They were very loving, and, and, and they showed a lot of kindness to this gentleman. Uh, but then the time of the service came when, because we do communion every Sunday. We, we partake of the, the bread that represents the body of Christ and, and the juice, the fruit of the vine that represents the blood of Jesus. We take, uh, partake of that every, every Sunday. Um, and, and so it was coming to the time of communion. And the thing that I didn't mention about this story is that the, the guy was drunk. I mean, you could, he just reeked of alcohol. Uh, and, and so when we do communion, it, it, you know, it's non-instrumental. So we, there's no band or anything to play through communion. It's just, it, it, it's very quiet. You know, we, we'll, we'll give a little, little communion speech or whatever about Jesus and what he's done for us and how he died on the cross and was resurrected and gives us hope and blah, blah, blah. So somebody would do something like that. So it's time for the communion to, to be passed out. And, and uh, the people are passing out communion. And all of a sudden you just hear this amazing. And so this, it, it was coming from, from this black guy who's sitting back here in the back of the church. He, he's drunk and he couldn't clap on time. He, he butchered the, 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 the words to amazing grace. He, he, he didn't obviously didn't know the song, but he was trying. And, and, and so this was something that was, uh, this, this don't happen in our, in our church, not in the church of Christ. You don't clap your hands and, 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 you know, especially during communion. Uh, so it was very awkward and I could just feel the weirdness, uh, maybe if you want to call it tension or whatever in the, in the, in the church building, uh, because this, this, this black guy who was drunk was breaking tradition. And he didn't know that. He didn't realize that. He'd never been to our little church before, but he didn't care. He sang. Well, he attempted to sing because he, he was so drunk. He, he was slurring his words, and he couldn't uh, get the words right to Amazing Grace. And he, and he clapped his hands. Offbeat, but hey, he was clapping his hands. And all I could do was smile and chuckle because this, this drunk black man was literally a shot of adrenaline to my soul uh, because he upset the apple cart as the, as the the old saying goes and i was loving every minute of it but but to that church's credit to the people there uh they treated him with respect and love and kindness but but it, it was just uh when when i was studying for this podcast that's one of the first stories that came to my mind and um I, i'm not familiar this this story that i'm about to tell you didn't happen at, at a church that i've ever been to but I, i've heard this story uh, being told, I, I, and I, I think it—I'm assuming it's a true story. But even if it's not true, it makes sense because uh, I'm sure that when I say traditions of of a church uh, become problems when people break traditions, uh, I'm sure th- certain things come to your head as well and come into your mind. Um, but I heard a story of of, of a church who uh, they always covered up the communion table with a sheet. And uh, the reason why they did this is because they had flies. Flies would try to get in, into the communion. And so they covered up the sheet to protect the communion trays, uh, the bread and the juice, uh, from the flies. And the reason why they had a, 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 a fly problem to begin with is because uh, they were building a new building. And they were building it a little bit at a time as they saved up money. And, and they didn't have enough money for windows. So they had the walls and they had the roof. Uh, but th- there were no windows yet, and so flies were coming in and getting in the communion. So they cover up the communion table with a sheet, and that would take care of the fly problem. Well, eventually this church gets enough money to pay for the windows, and, and so they buy the windows. Somebody installs the windows, 
and therefore there, there's there's no more uh, fly problem at at this this church, and uh, but they continue to cover up uh, the communion table with with the sheet uh, because it was tradition. It's just what they've always done. And one Sunday morning, somebody who was setting up the communion table decided. We don't need this sheet anymore. We don't have the fly problem anymore. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to put the sheet on uh, uh, over the communion uh, this morning. And you would think all hell broke loose in this, in this congregation. It's like half the people wanted the sheet over the communion and half the people didn't want the sheet over the communion because there was no need for it anymore. And it, and it literally almost split that church in half. Because this is the way we've always done it. This is the traditions. It's it's not biblical. God doesn't command us to. He, you know, we're commanded to take communion, but he he doesn't command us to cover it with a sheet. We did that because of the fly problem when we didn't have windows. We now have windows. We don't have flies anymore. Therefore, we don't need the sheet. But that's what people were used to doing for years and years and years until they were able to get the windows. And and, and so uh, they somebody has broke their tradition. They didn't break the law of God. They didn't break the commandment of God. They broke this church's tradition. They're doing things different now. It 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 it, uh, uh, um, it doesn't matter to God. <laughs> If they covered or not, but but it did matter to some of those people in that church because this is the way we've always done it, and this is what's going on here with Jesus and the Pharisees. Here is God in the flesh, uh, the one that you know. This is what's uh, really strange about this story because this is the Pharisees claim to love God. They they claim to serve God with their whole heart. You know, they, they do all this stuff in the name of God. And yet here's God in the flesh, uh, the very one the teachers of the law teach about, the one who gave them the law to teach about, right? They gave them the rules and the regulations and, and, and how to uh, present it to the people and tell the people to write them on their hearts. And, and they have come down to ask Jesus... <laughs> God in the flesh, why don't you wash your hands before you eat? And these are the, I mean, think about this. These are the very hands that shaped man from the dust of the ground and breathed life through the nostrils of that dirt. And, and, and life came into this dirt and man became a living soul. This is the very one who was there when, who, in the beginning when God just spoke Everything into existence. He he has so much power that he spoke everything. Think about that. Everything into existence. But just by the power of his word. The and, and and they're concerned with him not washing his hands. Come on. This is crazy. But 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 in their minds. They were justified, and they thought they were doing God a favor by trying to get rid of this man who claims to be the Messiah. And Jesus, as he usually does, he he answers their question with a question, but this time he he goes a little a little further. He 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 takes some steps further, and he's going to provide some examples to them. And he's going to call out the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. And, and and I'm sitting there thinking about, could you imagine being one of the disciples and, and, and seeing these Pharisees 
after seeing everything that Jesus has done and after hearing all these messages that Jesus has taught and all these kind things that Jesus has done for for these crowds of people. And these Pharisees are coming coming to Jesus and saying, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat? Why do you let them wash their hands or not make them wash their hands before they eat? Why, why are you letting them break the traditions that we have? And you know, these disciples, if they had cell phones and they could text each other, they would, they would, they would text SMH sin to the group of, uh, of the, of the disciples, which means shaking my head. Cause that's exactly what they would be doing. Shaking their heads in disbelief. I can't believe these guys trying to question Jesus when he's done all this great stuff about washing his hand, uh, washing his hands, about us washing our hands. And so Jesus, he, he answers their question with a question and he's going to give them some examples of how they are. So he's kind of, he's going to kind of throw it back on them. Jesus says, why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? Well, I bet their ears perked up when they heard that. What do you mean we, we violate the commandments of God? Uh, for instance, Jesus says, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. That's what God's law says. But, you Pharisees, you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given you. So in other words, you've got, your parents are in need. You can meet their needs, but you tell your parents, no, uh, I'm sorry I can't help you because what you need, I'm giving it to God because God's more important. And, and he said, you're disrespecting your father and your mother. You're going against the very commandments of God. Um, and so he, he says, in this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, and here's the key, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And this is what people don't understand, that Jesus, when the Pharisees would come and challenge Jesus, he, he, he was not breaking the commandments of God. That would, that would be a sin. But what he 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 was he was not conforming to their man-made ideas, their traditions, who they tried to make command like they were commands from God, or at least equal with the commands of God. And so there's there's a crowd as there always is around Jesus. Uh, they're seeing this transaction going on. They're hearing. Uh, this conversation taking place between Jesus and the Pharisees. So Jesus, to make sure that everybody hears what he's saying, he, he, he calls to the crowd and asks them to get, get a little closer. And he gets their attention so that they can actually hear what he has to say. And, and Matthew says that Jesus called the crowd to come and hear. And he says, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. And, and, and this statement alone, that it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, th that statement alone would absolutely blow not only the minds of the Pharisees and, and the, the teachers of religious law that are there to, to meet Jesus, but this would blow all the minds of the Jewish people because the, I mean, they're, they're adhering to God's law. 
and God's law restricted their diet. There were things that they couldn't eat. I mean, they, they couldn't eat bacon. They couldn't eat sausage. And they're, they're just missing out on this good stuff. They're, they couldn't eat a pork chop. They couldn't eat a, a ham sandwich. Because uh, God said that the pig is unclean. It's considered unclean. And, and they couldn't eat it. Um, and so Jesus, here's Jesus already challenging their thinking when he says, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. No, it, you're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth, that come out of your mouth. It's not what goes into your mouth. It's what comes, the words that come out of your mouth. In other words, it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles you, but what comes out of the mouth, because what comes out of your mouth comes from a place that controls our, our being, our innermost part, our soul. It's a place that God is after. And Jesus is going to explain this to his disciples because they ask him in verse 12. Uh, he, they say, hey, do you realize that you have offend, offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Um, and, and so it, it, just from them saying that, we can see the respect and the reverence they have for the Pharisees. But you got to think about it. It's all they've known. Until Jesus showed up, that all they had was the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, and the, uh, the religious leaders, the scribes who uh, wrote the Word of God, who, who copied the, the, the Word of God, who, who taught in the synagogues. And, and so this is all they've had. And so they had a high respect, a high reverence, if you will, for these Pharisees, these relig religious teachers, because it's all they've known. And then Jesus shows up and, and he's challenging everybody at this point in the way they think. Uh, and, and why they think the way they do. And so Jesus replies to the, to the disciples. He says, they said, don't you realize you've offended the Pharisees by what you just said? And Jesus says, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. If one blind person guides another, they will both fall into the ditch. In other words, the blind can't lead the blind. Uh, they claim these Pharisees. They claim to be from God. They claim to serve God and love God, but they they serve themselves and they don't care anything about God. That's the bottom line. And and this too comes from that deep place within the Pharisees that God desires to have. And Jesus again, he's he's going to explain this. Um, the Pharisees are the way they are because. Their hearts ain't right. That's what Jesus said. Uh, people who uh, listen to Jesus' teachings and open up their hearts and allow God into their hearts, Jesus says that, that that's what God is after, is, is our hearts. And that's why he's, he quoted Isaiah saying, these Pharisees, this is what Isaiah prophesied about y'all. You honor me with your lips, but your heart, it's just not right. It's, it's far from me. God's not in their hearts themselves they love themselves and they want to take care of themselves that's that's where their heart is at you know I'll, we'll talk about that in just a second but jesus says to peter or i'm sorry i'm sorry peter says to jesus explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat and jesus says don't you understand yet anything you eat passes through the stomach and goes into the sewer in other words anything you eat doesn't matter what you eat it goes through the digestive system and what the body doesn't use for energy, you know, it's waste. It's going to be, you know, you're going to use the bathroom and you're going to flush it down the toilet. They didn't have toilets back then, but they had a sewage system that they could get rid of the waste. And so um, here, here's the heart of the matter in verse 18. Jesus says, 
but the words you speak come from the heart, and that's what defiles you. That's what defiles a person. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These things are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you, is what Jesus tells his disciples. And there's these Pharisees and these teachers of the religious law uh, standing right there listening. There's this crowd of people standing there listening to what Jesus said. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth because what comes out of your mouth is what comes from your heart. And here's what the heart is full of, Jesus says. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. This is what's going to defile you. And look around. Even in our world today, 2023, this is what we see. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. This is what we see every day all around us. Why? Because people's hearts are just pure evil. God is not in there. Because if God was in their hearts, it would be totally opposite of these things. They would be living for God instead of themselves. And this is the bottom line. Um, If you want to know what is... If you want to know if, if God has someone's heart. Don't 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 watch what people eat. Don't don't watch the outside characteristics. Don't don't look at the things that you can physically see on an individual. Because that's not the stuff that defiles a person or corrupts a person. See, everybody has different tastes in what they eat. I I don't eat green food. I may eat one pickle a year, if that. I don't eat green food. I've never eaten green food. I don't eat vegetables, very few. I don't eat slimy foods like strawberries. You know, that's why I don't eat fruit because the berries and stuff. They, it, like when you bite into a grape and it explodes in your mouth, I just want to throw up. I, I can't. I can't handle that. And then I, I'm a textured person, so if it feels weird in my mouth, I can't eat it. If it crunches and I don't think it's a crunch, I can't eat it. I don't eat seafood because I I can't get past the smell of most of it, and I certainly can't get uh, past the fishy taste of seafood. And I know I'm weird when it comes to food. I'm weird in a lot of ways, actually. But I, I know people who can't eat food uh, that when they put food on their plate and if their food touches, they can't eat it. It has to be completely separated. You see, we're all different. We we all like different stuff. We dress different, we look different, we wear different hairstyles, we drive different kind of cars. People are diverse in many, many ways. But, here's one thing that we all have in common. You can always tell if someone has God in their heart or not, just by what comes out of their mouth, by the way they talk. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. The disciples, they, they respected and they had reverence for the Pharisees and the religious, religious leaders, like I said, because um, that's all they knew. Uh, they dressed religiously. I mean, they looked apart. They acted holy. Uh, they, they did good deeds among the public. They said beautiful prayers. 
they fasted often because they let everybody know about it when they were fasting. And, and they were the only examples that people had of God to follow. And now here's this man who just roams about, doesn't even have a place to lay his head. He doesn't own a home. He's a vagabond. He's, he's homeless, and he's just wandering around. And he's claiming to be from God. Um, he claims that he's the Messiah. He's working miracles. He's teaching with the authority of God and not Moses as the religious teachers would use. He's saying that these uh, Pharisees, that they don't belong to God at all, and they don't listen to him. Now, if you, if you just take a minute to think about this, this will be very, very challenging for the disciples and for the crowd to process what Jesus is saying. But when you listen to, to what the Pharisees are saying, if you listen to what's literally coming out of their mouths, it's all the proof that you need that, that God is not in their hearts. Because what's coming from their lips What's coming out of their mouths, actually what's coming out of their hearts, is completely different than how they live. What's coming out of their hearts? What's coming out of their mouths? I'll just share a few verses with you. Uh, you can look these verses up. I didn't write the verse, the chapter, book, chapter, and verse down. But testing Jesus, they said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. The Pharisees came out and began to argue with Jesus, seeking him Uh, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him, asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? So they watched him, they're watching Jesus, and they sent spies who pretended to be righteous in order that they might catch him in some statement so that they could deliver him to to the rule and to the authority of the governor because they wanted to kill him. Uh, and they questioned Jesus, saying, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach correctly, and you are not partial to any, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And that's how they were going to try to trip him up. Um, the scribes and the Pharisees, they bring a woman caught in adultery to Jesus, and having set her in the center of the court, around, around all these people with Jesus right there in the middle, they say to Jesus, Teacher, This woman has been caught in the very act of adultery. Now, in the law of Moses, we're commanded to stone such a woman. What do you say? And they were saying this, testing Jesus so that they might have grounds for accusing him. And uh, and then I added this. Um, They they accused Jesus of of having a demon. Uh, They called Jesus Beelzebub, which is another name for Satan. And Satan means opposition. And this is ironic because the, the exact opposite is true. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the religious leaders, they were the opposition. And here they are calling God in the flesh Satan. Um, and when they thought they had the upper hand, when they had Jesus crucified, remember they persuaded the crowd that Jesus was a blasphemer. And then when Jesus was hanging on the cross they would come by and say, He saved others. Let Him save Himself if He is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. And so I want to end this podcast by uh, uh, a way of reminding you 
of what God said to Samuel when he was sent to choose a new king to take Saul's place, which was going to be David. And so Samuel gets Jesse, which is David's dad, and gets all of his brothers, and they, they, they have a little party. You know, we're going to choose a new king, and David wasn't invited to the party. And Samuel goes from the oldest to the youngest, and David was still at home keeping the, the, the sheep, the animals. He wasn't invited. And, and so he goes from brother to brother to brother, and, and God rejects every one of them. And Samuel's scratching his head, and he says, Jesse, don't you have any other sons? Because God didn't pick any of these. And he says, well, yeah, I got one back at home. He's keeping, keeping the animals. And Jesse says, go get him. We're going to stand right here until you get back with him. And when he sees David, he, uh, uh, God says, that is, that's my king right there. That's the one I'm choosing, um, uh, the run of the litter, if you will. Um, but this is when, when Samuel was going through that process of picking a new king, and he kept thinking, man, this guy looks good. He's, got, he's tall. He's good looking. He's, he's got strong shoulders, blah, blah, blah. He was looking on the outward appearance of these, of these boys, of Jesse's boys, and, and he said, surely God's going to choose this one. And this is what God tells Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We can't see people's hearts like God can. God can see everything about, he knows everything about us. He, he knows the reason why we do what we do. That's why we don't, it's not our place to judge people. We can't do that because we, we can't see their hearts. But what we can see, um, or what we, at least we can hear, is what comes out of their mouths. And what comes out of a person's mouth will tell us if their heart belongs to God or not. Don't judge what you see on the outside. Just open your ears and listen to what comes out of their mouth. For what comes out of a person's mouth, Jesus says, is what will defile them. It's also what will, how we will know if they belong to God or not. The words that people speak will tell what's on the inside, what's in their heart. And so my question is, what about you? What do people hear coming from your mouth? Do they hear Jesus? God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grind It Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grind It Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.